Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Slice of Life right here on your Saturday morning. I hope your weekend is off on the right foot, and it looks like beautiful weather for the Bills to take care of the Dolphins tomorrow, so go Buffalo. Um, and one of the things that make our town and our area so much fun are the Bills and the Sabres and all the community uh, assets that we have. And in that, I include Roswell, Roswell Park Cancer Center. Uh, and there's a, a new initiative that's been happening now with Roswell Park called Project Best Life, and it's geared really to millennials. It's a health and wellness website for millennials, projectbestlife.org, and the Director of Marketing is with us today. Her name is Natasha Allard. Natasha, good morning, and welcome to Slice of Life. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. I guess people wouldn't necessarily think of a cancer hospital as, you know, something that you tout in the same way that you would entertainment features. But wouldn't you agree that Roswell is just a jewel in the Buffalo community? Yes, I definitely agree. I'm so proud to work there as a marketing manager. And I just think the education and inspiration we aim to provide both patients and people in our community is what really drives us there. No, no doubt about it. And you've been there about five years, you had told me? Correct, yes. It's great. Congratulations. You look like you're about 12. And I mean that in a flattering <laughs> Thank you. way. Thank you. So, But you already have your MBA and you've been at Roswell for five years and so when, when your title is marketing manager, what are some of your responsibilities, Natasha? And, and what, how do they relate to Project Best Life? Yep. So everything from event management to social media to different community engagement type activities to patient blogs, it really runs the gamut. But Project Best Life came about based on what we saw as a need to engage younger people in our community. So those people in their 20s and 30s or, so to speak, millennials. The, the millennial label gets thrown right. Out yeah, we got to be careful days. with that. It offends some people, but it's I'm a millennial a, and I'm proud of it. You're so. proud to say you're a millennial. <laughs> yeah. and obviously, a hardworking millennial. I think you guys get a bad rap in some ways. I think we do too. But you know, when you really look at our generation as a whole, and not necessarily the rumors or the stereotypes, we really are a passionate, driven community that is interested in giving back and health and wellness, and that kind of you know, segues perfectly into something that we created called Project Best Life. So tell us a little bit about Project Best Life. I I understand that it features blogs, podcasts on everything from nutrition, fitness, mental health, obviously physical health. Yes, absolutely. So Project Best Life um, at its core is a website, but within that website, there's blogs, there's podcasts, there's you know, infographics and videos, um, both on the website and on social media. And the topics it covers is very diverse. It's everything from your typical health and wellness, you know, fitness, nutrition. But we wanted to take it a step further and include those things like mental health, because that's so important in our generation. And things like inspiration, just people sharing their stories of overcoming different challenges. You know what struck me too, it's a very clean looking website. I was looking at it this morning. And also you had some really cool quotes on the bottom of the page, you know, really inspirational quotes. They weren't corny. They were things that really people can relate to of every generation. I'm not a millennial and haven't been for a long time, but it really resonated with me too. Absolutely. And that's a really important point. You know, we say Project Best Life is for these young people in their 20s and 30s, but that's really just who's driving our content. 
we hope everybody will find something out of it because everybody can find this useful. And those quotes are actually pulled, pulling through from our Instagram. And it's, oh, really? you know, the three words that drive us are healthy, happy, and balanced. So we try to find different quotes and inspirational things that will help people be healthy, happy, and balanced. So specifically, what are some of the, con- what what's types of content you would find on Project Best Life? If somebody is just kind of perusing yeah. the website and poking through it, what would they find? So what's really cool about Project Best Life is we want it to be um, peer-driven content. So, you know, sometimes you'll see the articles that uh, my coworkers and I write that are things like five ways to organize your fridge to be healthier or five tips to reduce anxiety. So those tangible tools like that. But you'll also see things like Mary-Kate's story for why she stopped tanning and why that was something important to her or Joe's story for how he has approached weight loss and different aspects like that. So you'll see everything within um, the whole wellness world, both tips and tools and stories from people. So in the big scheme of things, Natasha, how does it tie into this world-renowned cancer center? Yes, yes. And that's the most important thing. So back to kind of how it all started, we're seeing, unfortunately, at Roswell Park and across the world, actually, cancer rates in young adults rising. Mm. More and more young people in their 20s and 30s are getting cancer, um, often caught at late stages because the doctors aren't looking for it or thinking of it. They might not be paying as great attention to their body. Maybe they're in college and going out all the time, so they're not noticing those symptoms. Um, so unfortunately, we're seeing more and more some specific types like colorectal cancer, but you know, really a whole variety of types. So we took a step back and thought, how can we engage these people in their 20s and 30s who cancer is probably the farthest thing from their mind? And when they do think about cancer, they're probably thinking of their grandparents or maybe their parents. But now it's them and their peers. And we know that it's a lot to come in and say, do X, Y, Z to prevent cancer or this causes cancer. Stop doing it. We know from our research on millennials, as well as, you know, just being a millennial, we don't take necessarily so kindly to somebody saying, do this or don't do that. So we looked at how we can approach it. And we thought by creating something really useful, you know, content that is quick, easily consumable, on the go, you can read it on your phone. It's bright. It's fun. It's friendly. It's not about cancer. We could build that relationship with them. And then once that relationship's built, once they're reading our content, we can get those messages out there, you know? So if it's somebody telling their own story, maybe that helps you look at yourself in a different way like tanning or smoking or right. something and like that. smoking is such a big deal. You know, I think about when I was growing up, people would smoke and not think twice about it. it and they had been smoking for 30 years or something. But now, I guess, you know, it, it makes sense. You're going to try to talk to somebody early in their life and think, hey, I really shouldn't be smoking. Or yep. if I'm 25, I don't need to smoke for the next 25 years. Do you, do you find that it's very basic, but you're trying to catch people early so they maintain good healthy habits as they age which age in and in, uh, in of itself is a risk factor yes. for cancer absolutely you're exactly right and it's um you know beyond the smoking and those changing behaviors it's paying attention to your body right. both for maybe behaviors you did i know a lot of us in high school or even college went to indoor tanning beds a lot so you know we should be getting those skin exams and doing the self exams and maybe some of us have family members with breast cancer so we should be asking our doctors when we need to go in for mammograms. Um, you know, the oldest millennials now are near 40, and 40 is the age when you should start getting mammograms. So getting that message out there is part of it as well. Uh, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Natasha, because I think it's easy for people to say, oh, I'm too young. It can't happen to me. Is there a certain amount of denial, do you think, in the millennial generation? 
I do think so. I think it's just not something that's top of mind, and nor should it be. You know, that's why it's called Project Best Life, because we're not here to scare you. We're not here to say, you know, Project, this is what kind of cancer you could get. It's supposed to be about living life to the fullest and in the moment and being happy and being kind and giving back. But a part of that is self-care, and that's a big thing with us, too, and taking care of yourself. And I guess one of the things with cancer as well, it's not just that um, prevention like we were talking about or stopping, it's catching it early. So you have things like testicular cancer where if you don't catch it early enough, if you do catch it early enough, it's extremely curable. And if you don't, you know, it can be a little more of a challenge and something harder to fight. So getting that message out about self-exams and what to watch for. And that's something that while you might not be able to prevent it, you can pay attention to your body and hopefully sometimes catch it earlier. And it gives you a measure of control. Absolutely. Because you're the one catching it. You're the one seeing it, getting it checked. And as you said, with any cancer, the earlier it's detected, the better. Yep, absolutely. Um, And so for people who want to get involved with this, I mean, obviously you can just simply read the content Mm -hmm. or listen to the podcast at projectbestlife.org. Are there folks who you are reaching out to who might want to contribute in some way or write or definitely be examples of somebody who benefited from this website? Pretty much anybody would be a great fit for writing a story or appearing on one of our podcasts. We, if everything from the smallest thing, maybe you switched what you were eating for lunch. Write about that. You never know how you got yourself to do that might inspire somebody else. Or maybe you overcame something bigger, a challenge, a health hurdle, um, a weight struggle. That's a fit too. So wherever you are at in your health and wellness and mental health journey, or even, like I said, giving back, because that's part of feeling good about ourselves too, you would be a great fit. And on our website, we have a share your story button. So I encourage anybody that thinks they have something to contribute to check that out. So something as simple, for example, of uh, you're going out to lunch, you're a busy person, a millennial, or perhaps another generation, and you're going to have a burger with fries, but you say, you know what, I'm going to switch those fries to a salad. Yes, absolutely. And there's a healthy choice. But do you think that's too mundane? Or do you think No, people, I think that's perfect. That's a good example. Yeah, right? I think one of the, um, you know, we, we watch what does well on our blog and try to put more content out that people are liking and reading. And one of those things, and I'm sure all of us are like this, um, any of those number headlines, so five ways to do this or yes. ten things to do that, they're catchy, they're easy, but they also, you can get stuff out of them because you can read them quickly. I got to tell you, Natasha, I read something like that almost every day yep. because I read a lot of different and the medical stuff really fascinates yep. me. So, or even the mental health thing, you know, five ways to deal with anxiety. Absolutely. Or five ways to eat healthy at a restaurant or something, or, the, mm-hmm. or do's and don'ts even. Sometimes it's good to know what not to do. Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of make your own path because some, it's very difficult that we have a lot of choices in life. Yes. Um, and it's a 24-7 world. So, that, you know, we're constantly bombarded by information and choices. Um, How long has the projectbestlife.org website been in existence now? Since January. So um, this coming January, we'll be coming up on our one year, and it's it's growing over time. So we're getting more and more content up there. We have a newsletter that I encourage everyone to subscribe to that'll send some of our top stories to your inbox once a month. Um, We have, like I said, our podcast, which is called Happy and Healthy. And that's available everywhere podcasts are found. How can you get your hands on the newsletter? The newsletter, you it's um, an e-newsletter. So all you do is go to the website, put in your email address, and you're subscribed. And you'll get daily reminders? Um, and it's it... a monthly e-newsletter. Oh, how nice. So it okay. features everything from some meditations and quotes to also some of our top blogs that month. 
And do you change the content on a weekly basis, on a daily? How does that all work? Yep. So it all depends on what people are getting to us. So that's why we're always looking for more bloggers, more people to help share their stories. But I would say the goal is to put fresh content out about one to two times a week. I would think, yeah, because people want to go back and see something new. What kind of support have you gotten from the leadership at Roswell under the auspices of Dr. Candace Johnson, (laughs) who has really done a remarkable job, I think, uh, as the head of your organization? And she's certainly a friend of Entercom, has been on uh, many of our shows, and is a good friend of Sandy Beach and has been on his show many times on WBN. And Sandy, I'm happy to tell you, Natasha, has rung the bell. Oh, that's amazing. He he battled prostate cancer and recently rang the the victory bell. That that is our favorite sound to hear. That's exactly what we like. tired of that sound right yes what has it been like under dr johnson with a project like this um specifically geared to younger folks i may be a little biased but i think working under dr johnson she's one of the most inspirational motivating leaders who supports projects big and small who understands the importance of engaging younger people both employees in our community patients who her own personal um, routine with health and fitness is something to look up to so everything from the support she gives the support everyone there gives um it's definitely making project best life a success it's great when you have the the top leadership buy-in then you know it's going to work and they'll they'll get behind it does she exercise and eat healthy i mean is it what do you mean about her inspiration um i i've you know heard her talk about her different exercise routines Mm -hmm. and she always seems to be eating healthy and practicing what she preaches so and and she looks the part too which is great and certainly a high stress job and how do you as a millennial take care of yourself So, you know, I've talked about that self-care, and I think um, there's so many different ways to do that. I try to go to the gym at least three to four times a week, Mm -hmm. Uh, try to eat healthy lunches. That's not always as easy, but something that I aim to do. And then just disconnecting sometimes, getting off our phones, getting, you know, to spend time with friends and family. That's something I think is really important. Sometimes just taking a walk and turning everything off is really almost like a sense of meditation. I've noticed that for myself. Yeah, we actually, um, Razzle Park has a blog as well. I'll give a plug for that. It's called (laughs) Cancer Talk. And I know we have a story in there about the value of connecting with nature and heading outside, both for anybody, but also for cancer patients. There's different studies showing how getting outside can have positive physical and mental benefits. Makes perfect sense. Once again, Natasha, how can people access this website? Visit projectbestlife.org and then also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's under that same name, Project Best Life. Yep, each each platform is a little different. We have some Project Best Life 716 and different handles, but if you type in Project Best Life, you'll find it. And if they wanted to reach out to you about contributing, would they just go right through the email? Go to the website and click share your story and then that'll go right to my email and I will connect with you from there. Natasha, Allard, Director of Marketing, ProjectBestLife.org. Congratulations. Thank Keep you up so the much. Good work. Thanks for everything you're doing Thank to you. help people. Thank you. We'll be back right after this. Are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. You're in charge of hiring and indeed has solutions like online skills tests, which let a candidate show that they're the right hire. And we give you this toy monkey, which will bang its symbols when the right resume appears. 
Okay, there is no monkey. I said there is no monkey! But skills tests, that's a for sure. See why independent research by Silk Road shows Indeed delivers three times more hires than any other job site. Visit Indeed.com slash promo today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. Welcome back to this edition of Slice of Life. Pull up a chair, another cup of coffee, perhaps a mimosa or Bloody Mary, and uh, sit back because we're talking food, our favorite topic, at least mine. And my friend Krista Hobart, the local organizer of Local Restaurant Week, is in the house with kind of a wrap, Krista. We're gonna, it just concluded, so we're right. going to talk about uh, how things went. This fall edition was October 7th through the 13th. Right. And uh, fortunately, we had pretty good weather the whole time. So I hope people were out and about. How many restaurants participated this year? We had 199 restaurants participate. So it was great. We're really happy with that. Whenever we can hit around the 200 mark, we're happy. We've talked so many times over the years. I should say how many uh, restaurants for this particular edition, because of course, you also have a spring edition. Right. So the fall edition was 199. Do you find that people tend to go out more in the fall or the spring? Or... Is it about the same? Um, restaurant tours, uh, the owners tell us that their busiest one is in the fall. So um, we can tell by website numbers that that tends to be the busier one as well. What do you think the theory is behind that? You know, I really don't know. I um, We, generally speaking, hold Restaurant Week about the same time in the fall. It's the spring one that fluctuates, so that might have something to do with it. It makes sense. And I think yeah. people are back into their routines come September, yeah. October. The kids are back to school. Uh, the sports teams are playing. There's routines already in place. Right. I mean, you have kids, so I'm sure extracurricular activities are on your calendar. Right, right. So you're already, you kind of can map it out. Right. Yeah. You already got your schedule going. So right. you can easily schedule in a time to go out to eat during local restaurants. And all the week. more reason to do so, right? Right. You don't want to go home and cook when you're so busy. 199 restaurants, nine were new restaurants. Right. Nine brand new ones that have participated for the first time. So we're always excited to have the brand new restaurants. Um, gives everyone something else to try. The re- new restaurants are always always thrilled to be in it. They hear from other restaurant owners and from the public that it's a great event to be involved in. So it's really easy to get those new restaurants on board. We especially like to get them when they're brand new restaurants. Now, I was going to say, when you say new restaurants, are they new to local restaurant week or new restaurants in general? Um, just kind of, you're right. It, it's kind of both. Um, some restaurants have been around for a while and they hear from other restaurant owners that, geez, we should be in this thing. Um, and then other restaurants are just brand new and they look at it a really good way to get the word out about their restaurant. You know, I uh, I had um, Jeff and Mandy cook on from This Little Pig, and they could not say enough good mm-hmm. things about Local Restaurant Week. And yeah. they really feel like it helped put them on the map. And I think they probably are right because um, the location is not the easiest to find at that particular restaurant. Right. Some restaurants have that challenge, you know, and not everybody's right in the front of a major intersection or, you know, the prominent part of a plaza. Right. They're kind of tucked away. So I think that helps them, too. Just people become familiar with it right. by virtue of going to local restaurant week, and then they taste the food, and then they want to come back. Your job is to get them in the door, right? Exactly. And then it's the job of the restaurant owner to keep them coming back. That That's exactly it. And the really nice thing about local restaurant week is um, – 
part of the reason restaurateurs like to be in it is is for the advertising end of it. You know, sure. national chains have huge marketing budgets. Small local independent restaurants don't really have any most of the time. And so this way, when we gather all the local restaurants together and we advertise them and promote them as a whole, um, it, it works out really, really well for the small independent mom and pop restaurants. And I'm glad you said that, too, because it's not an easy business to be in. No. And unfortunately, with all the success of many restaurants, there have been a few casualties lately, and it seems like it almost comes in bunches, doesn't it, Krista? Yeah. And some people, um, there have been, I think, what do you have, about seven or eight that closed recently? Yeah, more than that, really, yeah. Yeah, and not all of them are due to bad business. Right. Sometimes right. they're changing their focus. For example, Ruse Pierogi right. decided they had to make a choice between having um, a brick-and-mortar restaurant mm-hmm. and focusing on manufacturing they felt that manufacturing was more of a priority. So you can only do so much. Exactly. Yep. And and so many folks, and I'm sure you see it since you actually go into the restaurants mm-hmm. when you're doing your marketing, um, so many of these folks wear multiple hats. Right. They sure do. Not only are they the chefs, but they're the ones cleaning up the restaurant, making sure that they're staffed, ordering the food. You know, that is the thing with the mom and pop restaurants. They are, they are doing everything that needs to be done to get their restaurant to run smoothly. I had a, a restaurant owner tell me that uh, after he got done running the restaurant, he's the executive chef, owner. Uh, he was home relaxing. The phone rings at 11 o'clock at night, and he's got to go back to the restaurant and fix a door that had come off its hinge. Yeah. He said, I was there with my pajamas on and a hammer <laughs> fixing the door, but it's got to happen all the time like that. Right. They just do what it takes to get the job done and right. to make sure that, you know, again, that the customers are fed and that, that everything is going smoothly at the restaurant. So, Have you noticed, Krista, in the many years you've been doing this now, uh, that there's more diversity with the type of cuisine? There's all sorts of ethnic uh, cuisine and, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of classic American. Tell me your experience in terms of what kind of food you're seeing. Well, I think the one, it's not even too new, to be honest with you, is the Burmese one. Burmese Mm -hmm. and Thai, you know, we have a lot of... um, immigrants from from Burma here in Buffalo and so we've got a lot of Burmese restaurants which I think is kind of interesting you know you don't have that in every city of course every city has their um, uh, immigrant population that that sometimes the first thing that they do is open up restaurants ours just happens to be Burmese at at the moment Um, but of course back in the day we had Italian and Irish and all those other things as well so it's surprising how certain groups go to certain cities I was just watching the news the other night and there was a story because of everything that's happening in Syria mm-hmm. and Turkey uh, with the large Syrian population in Nashville, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. Like, I wouldn't necessarily think that they would go to a kind of a southern city. I would think more of a major northeastern city, perhaps. So right. you never know. But obviously, any culture will contribute to the food scene locally. Right. And that's why I think our scene now is richer than ever. You can get virtually anything now. Oh, I agree. Any, we have we have everything here. And that's what makes Buffalo so unique. And I, I always say, if you grew up here, you don't know any different. And you think that this is what it's like in every city, that you're able to um, sample all sorts of cuisines. But that really is not is not the case. Um, we have so many different kinds of flavors to choose from here in New York, in Buffalo, New York, and it's because because of that, because of our rich immigrant past, really. I think so, too, yeah. And you tra- you're one of the most well-traveled people I know. You literally have been all over the world, it seems. And, Crystal, when you're in other cities, what's it like when you say, um, you know, I do some restaurant week work in Buffalo? Do people assume it's just chicken wings? Um, yeah, I, I, the biggest thing they are shocked about, the chicken wing thing for sure. We always joke about the chicken wing because, well, we call it chicken wing here, but everybody else calls it a buffalo wing. Right. Um, That's how you know they're not from Buffalo. Exactly. That for <laughs> sure is the telltale sign. Uh, but they're, they're always amazed by the sheer amount of restaurants that participate in it. 
course, I brag about it a little bit. So, but really, the sheer number of restaurants we have in it is we compare to some of the biggest cities in the country with our restaurant week, and it's because we have a rich, independent, local restaurant scene here. Why do you think that has taken hold in Buffalo? That you don't go, for example, if you drive down International Boulevard in Orlando, it is like one fast food, casual service restaurant, chain restaurant after mm-hmm. another. I think that growing up here, people just became accustomed to the mom and pop places and the, and that the national chains, for the most part, haven't been able to break in. I mean, I came from the pizza business and I thought it was very interesting when I moved here <laughs> that there were no domino. I mean, there's really no dominoes. There's no pizza huts. There's the national chains just aren't here. They have a really hard time breaking in. Yeah. Though there are a few, but they're right. not they're not dominant right. for right, sure. Exactly. I mean, and I bet when you want to order a pizza for your family, you don't think of one of those chain Absolutely places, right? Not. No, we have our family. Favorites in our family, just like every Buffalo family. Of has. course, yeah, <laughs> and many of those are neighborhood places. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chris, speaking of neighborhoods, with local restaurant week that just concluded, as we mentioned, it was October seventh through the thirteenth this um, this past uh, fall. Um, did you notice that there are certain pockets of our area that are bringing in more restaurants? For example, I used to think that sometimes the South Towns was kind of a desert of good restaurants, yeah. but now it seems like there's a really good bunch of restaurants that have cropped up in the south towns there seem to be a lot of new ones in hamburg and east aurora for for whatever reason you know i'm a north towns person so i couldn't give you the exact reason why but um, i know in our event specifically that there always seems to be a few more that are added to those two neighborhoods and what do you do in terms of social media because i know it's a challenge every year or every every restaurant week uh, depending upon the season, you try to come up with a different theme. And this right. year it was local flair, local fair, right? You got it. We uh, did our job. You, you remember did. It. How about see? That <laughs> sticks in my, my little mind here. That's great. Um, so would you always try to find a hook? It's got to be increasingly difficult. Now, how many years have you been doing this? I think I've been doing this for eight, eight or nine years. I've been around since the beginning, but uh, really you know, in the trenches, you know, um, for at least eight years now. So yeah, it is difficult to find a a kind of a hook every time. But then again, not so much. Everybody likes to go out to eat. Everybody wants to try a new place. There's always 200 restaurants to choose from. It's really never the same. It's always what people make it out to be. And that's to grab different groups of friends and family and go try different places. What was your social media response like this year? Well, you know, we're lucky in a way, I guess, because our event is all about food and, you know, Everybody likes to take a picture of a great plate of food. So, you know, our social media always just revolves around taking photos of your food and telling people where you're at. So we've kind of the last couple of times did a snap and share is what we call it. You know, snap a photo and share it of where you are, what you're eating, who you're with, with smiles on your faces, of course. Um, So that's we are kind of lucky in that way that just because of the topic. Right. We get a lot of social media. We uh, my husband and I went to a place in Lockport. I had to go out there. I'm watching my friend's cats. So I thought, Mm -hmm. All right, we're, it's in Pendleton. Let's go somewhere different because I wouldn't necessarily think to go there for a local restaurant. Right. right? So we went to Steak Stone and Sushi. It was oh, delicious. Yum. And very Instagrammable there. there as well. Very, very <laughs> IGable. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I had some salmon teriyaki, and Dan had some shrimp. And you did know, you cook it on the stone? No, actually, okay. this one wasn't presented that okay. way. Um, but it was really nice, and the service was terrific. And it was one of those places, had I had not talked to those folks, yeah. I think a few years ago you brought them in, right. I would have never known to go there. Yeah. So that was fun. And then we also had a group of friends with us. A couple nights later, we were downtown at a function, and we said, let's go to Cantina Loco. Oh. So very good, you know, Mexican flair. There's that mm-hmm. flair and fair. Yeah. Um, and Mike Andrzejewski, of Did course, you have is a margarita? the owner. 
Yeah, believe it or not, I had wine. What? Yeah, I'm wine. not a big mar- They're famous for tequila. I'm not. I'm not a big uh, margarita <laughs> girl. I, I like my dry red wine. But we should give a shout out to Mike Andrzejewski right. too, because he really kind of got the whole ball rolling here. He certainly did. He was one of the founders of, of Local Restaurant Week. Um, he and the Restaurant Association were kind of wanted to get a Restaurant Week concept off the ground, and Mike Andrzejewski for sure is one of the founders of Local Restaurant That's Week. So right. we're grateful to him. Well, and I'm grateful to you and all your hard work that you do, and all the, the interesting people you've introduced me too through local restaurant week krista hobart um and if anybody wants information they can still go to your website right right it's just localrestaurantweek.com it's so simple i love it thanks krista for setting the table with me yet again oh no problem we love it (laughs) it'll put a wrap on this edition of slice of life as always thanks to kevin carr for taking care of all the technical things we'll see you next week and go bills Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.